Howdy, and welcome back to the Texas Private School Podcast. I'm your host, Walker Lott, and let's just get straight into this. You know, I'm here with Brandon Brunson, the private school director for Texas Private School Baseball. Guy you need to know in the industry, helps out so many schools around the state. Um, Brandon, I appreciate you coming on and ready to talk a sport that I know not that much about and you probably know the most in the state. So uh, appreciate you coming on, man. You bet. Thanks for having me. It's it's really an honor. I, I love, uh, I always love baseball. Love private school baseball. Kids play baseball. Uh, kind of stumbled into this a few years ago, but man, I really love it. So yeah. So talk to me about that. So like, how did you come into like the position you are? You know, you know, talking about it a little before. You know, I know you're from Midland. Grew up here, here and there. So like, just talk about you, how you grew up and how you came into this position. Yeah, I grew up uh, here in Midland playing baseball and, you know, football and basketball. Um, Midland was always considered a football town, Friday night lights and the whole nine yards. And what you'll discover if you dig really deeply is Midland's really more of a baseball town. We've had a whole lot more major leaguers and we have NFL guys, although we've had high profile NFL guys like Eric Winston, Cedric Benson, those kind of guys. Um, But um, just about four years ago, um, there's a guy at my church. He was a minister at church. He had started a long time ago, just collecting 3A stats at Midland Greenwood when his kid played. And it morphed into a newsletter that he sent out. And then he started making a magazine, like a Dave Campbell's style magazine. Right. And, and took it to the coaches convention in January, the Texas high school coaches convention. And he said for about two years, coaches would stop by and say, Hey, you're missing something. And he said, what am I missing? And he said, private schools. He's like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> and so for a couple of years, he just passed it off. And after the second or third year, he said, well, you know, maybe there's something to it. Um, so he knew my kids were playing baseball at Midland Christian at the time. So he said, would you know of anybody who might want to do this for me or would you do it? Right. And he's one of my really good friends and a minister at my church. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. So uh, started about four years ago, and I mentioned to you when we talked previously, it was kind of a rough start. You know, coaches need to get to know us and what we do. Uh, anytime I had a UIL coach that left a UIL school to go to private school, it was awesome because they were really in tune with the magazine and the website, and they would reach out to me. So uh, still struggle a little bit in divisions four and five, but I know they're busy. They got a lot going on they may not know if they're going to have enough to play baseball right. uh, until, until February rolls around. So uh, we put out the magazine. You see it right back there, a magazine. There's a weekly newsletter for subscribers. And, and then we really are trying to connect with, uh, with coaches and with parents. Uh, we, we'd really like to get more connected with parents uh, as best we could uh, because what we find is, um, you know, they're the ones tracking their kids, right? right. Coaches are a little bit busy sometimes uh, for, for what they're doing. So that's how we got started and where we are. I, this year has been the best year ever. Uh, I got 100% of my division schools turned stuff in. I was about 90% division two, 80% division three, and then, then on down. We also cover the SPC. Yep. So uh, we're, we're doing that. Uh, I get requests all the time about homeschool or TCAL or TCAF. And I've reached out to some of the TCAL and some of the TCAF, and I just don't get enough back at this point to make it work. So we'll, we're not, I'm not going to give up on it. Uh, we'll just, we'll just continue to see what we can do. Right. So I think, I think that's so important because I think you went into an industry that needed recognition. The same thing, why we did this and the same reason we want to do it for football and basketball, because those are our expertise. So yeah. I, I'm really glad that we have an expert somewhere else that can do other sports for sure. So I guess, um, I guess going into the next question, you know, going, looking at the top players, because, you know, we always, the thing with football you know, is that you really don't get the like everyone is like there's not that many good players in private school football and all that, and I can list off many of them and be like they're the, that's just wrong. And I feel like in any level in the state you can find talent. There's gonna be competitiveness. I think I always say I think is the depth is the difference between the the six A public schools and the big private schools. You know, the depth and the expertise and all of that. So uh, going through, you know, just talk to us about, you know, what are the best of the best in the private school, uh, this senior class or any some other classes, you know, what are the top top guys right now going at it? 
Yeah, so it's interesting. We do, uh, or I do, I say we, when I say we, we, we have a staff that goes from 6A to private school. One person does each section. So um, uh, we collectively do top 10 seniors for our division. So I did the, the private school division and um, we feature those kids, get a little picture in the magazine, not, not much of a write up, but a picture. Uh, and what I do, Walker, when I start looking for those kids, um, I, I use a lot of sources. I talk to coaches a lot. I look at perfect game, although perfect game is uh, hit or miss. I've got some great stories about that. Um, and when I ask coaches, I'm like, okay, I want to know who are the one or two kids that if I said their name, you would go, yeah, that one uh, needs to be on the list. Uh, and even then it gets a little difficult, but so top 10 seniors uh, in the magazine this year. And I've, I've got these alphabetically and not ranked in any particular order, but I had Trip Banta uh, at Lake Country Christian. So he's a kid that was signed uh, to go to TCU. Uh, had had Tommy John surgery right as the season started. So he's not playing this season. Uh, Lake Country, man, they had a, a bunch of kids that have played together since they were very young. And they were pointing to this year as the their year. Uh, and, and that hurt them a little bit, although they're still pretty good. Um, Daniel Calabrese is a kid from uh, Colleyville Covenant. Uh, he's also a football player. Yeah, yeah football player. <clears throat> uh, he's actually not committed anywhere yet, but – Last year, he was among the top three in home runs, and he's, he's, uh, he's on the home run list again this year, so a uh, solid player. Uh, we had Ian Collier from Trinity Christian. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a catcher. Uh, he's going to go to Grayson Community College. A uh, kid that I watched, and I, I, I love this kid uh, because I've watched him since he was six years old. Uh, his name is Cody Grayback right here in Midland, Midland Christian. Uh, he's headed to Baylor. <clears throat> funny story when I asked coach Robles he's got four division one caliber baseball players on his wow. team uh yeah it's it's pretty phenomenal um no arms all hitters wow. uh, I asked him what about the best one I said I'm I'm leaning towards Cody and he said well you'd be right <laughs> Cody would be the one he's actually getting some draft buzz early wow. on <clears throat> so uh Luke Harrison's a kid at, at uh, Lutheran South uh who has signed to go to the University of Texas uh, Gavin Cash is uh, from Kelly Catholic. He's also going to the University of Texas. Uh, here, here's, so here's probably the premier one right now. The hottest name is, is a kid at, at the Woodlands Christian named Cademan Parker. I've heard about him. Yeah, so Cademan is, um, um, it, he kind of burst on the scene a little bit this past summer when his fastball started hitting the low 90s. I think he's topped out around 93, 94. At this point, long, lanky frame. Uh, he's he's uh, looked last night at the top 100 MLB project prop, prospects, uh, and he's he's in that list. He's at 77. Wow. Uh, so he's he's the number eight ranked kid uh, in Texas. I got a I got a nice picture at, from the Rose Hill tournament of a line of scouts with their radar guns uh, watching Cademan early this year. So he's he's going to TCU. Uh, his dad uh, had gone to TCU and I think was a professor there. So he loves the school, wants to go. But if he gets in that second, first round area, it, it might be hard for him to go to TCU. Right. Uh, kid named Will Rizzo at St. Thomas, who signed to go to Texas A&M. Uh, he, he's also got a high grade, perfect game. David Shaw at Kincaid is going to rise. He's a right-handed pitcher. And then uh, another young man named Josh Stewart. Uh, pitches at Savio in in Austin, and he's going to go to UT. Wow. So those were our top ten seniors. And you're right, man. It that's that's a that's a laundry list of Division one, good Division one baseball schools. When you talk UT and TCU and A and M, right? And, and oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's honestly insane because you know I know a couple of those guys just because of the top of my head because a lot of them played dual sports. You know, playing football. I know Cayman played football as well. Yep. Um, I think it's really cool to see how big time a lot of these guys are because, you know, unless you're they're, you're from your area and or something like that, you really don't know much about them. But yep. and you're seeing it so much, like, so how how deep the talent is. And I know if you said guys from Austin, you get side guys you said from Houston, even a guy from Kelly Beaumont area, Southeast Texas, you have them all around the state. Yeah, very much. And, and it's so funny because um, 
Well, you know, we're isolated out here in Midland. Coach Robles here at Midland Christian does a pretty good job of trying to get everywhere else. He he took on uh, a tournament that they actually instituted last year, one called the TAPS SPC Challenge, where they're matching up those teams. Um, it, I'd, I'd like to see a couple more teams from the SPC in that actual thing, but um, – but we're pretty isolated. Those Houston teams can play around Houston in the six A's. You know, Kincaid, for instance, they play a monster schedule. They'll play, they're playing six A good six A public schools in Houston. Damn. They don't, you know, they don't mess around with their schedule. But neither does Concordia. Uh, neither does Kelly. I mean, uh, and the thing about the private school is, like, like you say, there's some. Oftentimes, there's a misperception that the talent's not very good. But when you see Kincaid playing or Concordia, let's say, playing College Station, uh, then you know, hey, the public schools down there recognize the talent. Baseball coaches and football coaches, basketball coaches, for that matter, they all want to get better. So they want to play the best they can. And so when you see those private schools playing those big public schools, you know the public schools are paying attention. Absolutely. You talked about all these uh, teams doing all these really hard schedules just now. You know, talk about like, how, does it the, does that help schools? You know, have doing really good competition, and what are the kind of the schools in like each like I guess city or like in the state that are like those big time teams that are able to do those big time games? Yeah, um, absolutely. So when I was a when I was coaching basketball, um, I coached at a small one A school. We were a six man football school, Dang. so we were class A basketball. But if I could schedule a 2A, 3A tournament, if they would let me in, I would go play it. Um, and then I would purposely a couple times, at least one year, I scheduled a team that I knew we were going to see in the playoffs. Um, and so I wanted the hard schedule because I knew by the time district came around, there was nothing they hadn't seen. Right. Uh, they would have seen better players by the time they got to district. So district uh, almost was easier if, if I could schedule it up hard. Uh and, and so I tried. Now, a lot of schools don't want to mess with a 1A school, and I get that, I understand, because they're trying to do the same thing, right? They just want to get better. Everybody just wants to get better. Uh, and so um, it, it, so the big, the big ones, and I mentioned a couple of them in Houston, Kincaid does that, uh, Concordia does that, um, Kelly does that. So in Midland, I know what Coach Robles likes to do is he'll travel and look for a big tournament. So they play in five, six, eight tournaments in Weatherford or in the Dallas area when they can. Um, uh, Lubbock, I know the guy at Lubbock Trinity, he'll go anywhere, anytime to play a game. They they went to San Antonio Christian last weekend. Wow. Now, San Antonio Christian's not, so they're not having the greatest year, mm-hmm. but you're talking about a division three school that's traveling to a division one school. Right. So it just, just the size difference is a big deal. So he wants to go play everybody he can. Uh, Lubbock Christian never ducks anybody out here. Um, they, regularly will play in in tournaments that match them with Cooper or Abilene High. So Southwest Christian this year, for instance, uh, they got in a tournament in Abilene that was Cooper and Abilene High and Midland High and Midland Lee. So they were playing 6A schools. Uh, So anytime they can do it, they will. Um, So they're another good example. And certainly when you run into teams like Prestonwood and Liberty, they're doing the same thing. You know, they want to play 5A, 6A preseason. Uh, there's, there's a fantastic tournament, uh, the, the Texas private school classic, which I'm sure you've heard of if you grew up, uh, at Southwest Christian, um, it, it's, it's like 30 or 40 teams. That's it's, it's all divisions. And so they like to see good competition. So that's what they do. Yeah. That's the one at my school, right? It is some games. Yeah. There? So it was, it was started. Yes. By, uh, so co- the coach that started was Rusty Beam. Yeah. I remember Rusty. Yeah. Christian for, sure. for, for a long time. He moved to Colleyville. Yep. He'd been at Colleyville the last couple of years. Um, and now he's, uh, he was back at Southwest Christian. Yeah. When uh, he's yeah. back at Southwest Christian. Well, he's not, so he's not coaching. He was a director of transportation and he was still running the tournament. So Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very good guy, man. I really like coach B. Yeah. Uh, he's a really good guy. Yeah. I remember I was in probably elementary school when he was here. Um, yeah. I just always remember him. I think he lived down the road from one of my friends. So I always saw him, but 
Yeah. yeah, he's a really, really good dude for sure. I remember him like, hearing that. Yeah, and then um, it got snowed out this year. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I always remember going to that like during lunch, and we would always just go sit in the stands uh, and go watch games. That was that was a good times. Um, really good. Yeah. Yeah. So talking about those like tournaments and stuff like that, you know, yeah. talk about the best teams in the state. You do you think this year? I know districts coming up right now. Um, we can talk about district games and later and the stuff like that. But what do you think? Who are the, who are the teams everyone needs to like know about big t- the big time ones right now? Yeah, so you're gonna have to you got to start with, and this is funny. This is where it sort of takes a divergence because um, when, when I do uh, the top twenty, top, I actually do a top thirty for the for the large schools. I throw SPC in that large school category. Uh, so I've actually had uh, the number one has flip flopped back and forth this season. Uh, mostly, so I started the season with Prestonwood. Uh, it's flip-flop now between Episcopal and John Paul in Plano. Huh. So it's been kind of a back and forth thing. And so those are two of them. But uh, so when you're talking about uh, SPC is really pretty easy to delineate. It's North and South and the South is by far dominant in baseball. Right. Uh, That's where you got Episcopal and Kincaid Um uh, St. John's has beaten both Kincaid and Concordia and they play St. Thomas. Uh, so St. John's doesn't have a fantastic record, but they're playing great competition and they're wow. beating some of them. So, um, and then Houston Christian is going to be another one to watch. They've got some good kids. So it, it's going to come down to those four or five uh, in, in the North division. Um, uh, Fort Worth Country Day seems to be kind of the cream of the crop in the north. Really? Uh, I really don't think uh, 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 just when it comes down where the rubber meets the road in that tournament, it's going to be south. It's going to be all south schools. Wow. Um, in TAPS, uh, I already mentioned John Paul. Uh, so John Paul is is one to watch. So is Nolan Catholic. Nolan has been an interesting case, man. They You know, they're really good football school. Uh, they, they've yeah. had good years in basketball and, and baseball just hasn't been all that great when I first started and I just couldn't figure it out because they had such good athletes on campus. Uh, so they hired a guy two years ago that was at Midland Lee as an assistant coach, moved back out to Fort Worth and is dedicated to baseball. They, they let him hit the first year he was there coaching football. Uh, now he's just baseball. And he's wow. made it work. So this year they're they're smoking. They're at like twenty and five right now. Top district one. So Nolan uh, Midland Christian doesn't have a great record, but they've got four Division one hitters. Uh, th- they started the year zero and six, but they were playing five and six A schools. So the record was skewed, uh, and they're going to be one to watch too. Um, then when you get uh, in taps to the south, you got to look at uh, Lutheran South. Uh, you got to look at the Woodlands Christian. They've struggled just a little bit lately, but um, I think they'll still be in the mix. Sagan Baptist is playing fantastic baseball right now. Um, they were coached a couple years ago by a guy you might have heard of named Lance Berkman, uh, who's pretty pretty good. Uh, he moved on, but the guy that replaced him is a guy named Rainer Noble, who was the coach at the University of Houston. Oh wow! And his pitching coach is Andy Pettit, so they've got a pretty good pedigree down there, uh, and and they're rolling, uh, do, doing pretty well. So those are some of the bigger schools that you that you would watch out for. In the smaller schools, and you you referenced smaller schools uh, earlier, man, th- there's two in Houston: Cypress Christian and Bay Area Christian who are just phenomenal. Uh, I've been getting texts from coaches in TAPS and UIL who say that Bay Area Christian team is something else. Uh, they played them in a two or three game series and said, I didn't see the kids swing and miss very much. Wow. Uh, they are they are outstanding. Uh, and my guess is the way the bracket ends up, those two would play in a semifinal yeah. before they got to it would be a great championship game and it's going to be a semifinal game is, is my guess dang yeah uh learning about a lot of the houston schools that the southeast texas there's not many private schools besides bay area and they had a pretty good run this year for football but that's really really cool to hear that they're doing really really good in baseball as well um that's awesome so moving on uh let's talk about like okay 
district, I believe, is going on right now. Yes. I know a lot of those games are going on. So what I guess like what is what what districts are really like going to be the tough ones to see who can make it out? Probably the best districts, stuff like that. So let's first go into that topic. You know, what are the best districts in private school right now? Um, you can kind of just go from there. Yeah. So in Division One, your best ones are are really one and four, uh, and one is Nolan Catholic, Midland Christian, Liberty, and All Saints. Uh, and really, this year it's kind of coming down to going to be Midland Christian, Nolan. Uh, they play four games against each other. Nolan won two in Fort Worth. So uh, this weekend, Nolan comes to Midland to play the other two. So it's, man, talk about gigantic matchup. That's what it is. And then in division four, that's where you've got um, Concordia and Kelly. Uh, you got St. Thomas uh, and St. Pius has a couple of players and they've been in the top 20 all year. So my, my top 20 is composed largely of those two districts. And that's, that's what I think that one's going to come down to too, will be a Houston area school and whoever survives that, right? I don't know if it's going to be St. Thomas or uh, Concordia. You know, Concordia is an interesting story. Their coach passed away just before the season started. Uh, he he was one. Of, he was number two on the winning list in private school baseball. Uh, just an unexpected, shocking kind of thing. So they've been battling through some adversity. Um, but it's going to be one of those, and it's probably, my guess, going to be either Nolan or Midland Christian in the final against the Houston school. Um, it, district uh, Division two, District 1 is where your alma mater sits, and they're having a good year. Mm-hmm. Southwest Christian's doing well. Fort Worth Christian, not quite so much this year. They're a little bit down. Uh, Grapevine's having a good year. Uh, you always have to worry in Division two about the Dallas Christians. You know, they'll figure out a way to make it work. Um, and then you, you have good schools. It's, 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 it's another situation in division two of you've got the West, uh, that kind of Dallas base. And then you've got Houston. That's where the Woodlands and, uh, second Baptist and Lutheran South. <clears throat> and the other interesting thing is you don't have a state champion from last year. So really what we've got is you've got Liberty who won two state championships in a row and then last year, there was no season. Uh, Lutheran South won two championships in a row, and then there was no season. So the defending champs uh, are, are – it's just an odd situation when, when the right. season ended. Um, <clears throat> in Division Three, uh, you've got a, got a little bit out west with Lubbock Trinity and Lubbock Christian. Uh, Lubbock Christian's record isn't all that great, but they made a deep run in the state basketball playoffs. So, uh, you know, some of these schools like Nolan, their baseball kids have played 25 games together. Uh, Lubbock Christians have played about 10 together. So I expect that come playoff time, they might be pretty dangerous. Right. Uh, in fact, my, my initial prediction uh, was to have Lubbock Trinity play in Lubbock Christian in one half of the semifinal, probably in the Houston area. I don't know where that state tournament's going to be. <clears throat> um and then um, uh, uh, the Woodlands Christian or or uh, Cypress. Well, I said Cypress and Bay Area down there. Wow, awesome! This episode of the Texas Private School Podcast is brought to you by GoEditGraphics.com. GoEditGraphics create custom sports graphic templates where the user can change the colors, images, and text to make it their own. As you can see behind me, I'm going through all the graphics they provide to the users. They have graphics for football, basketball, baseball, and other sports to choose from, so no matter what, they have you covered. To show how easy it is to use their website, we're going to create a graphic of our own. So let's get started. As you can see, we chose this template. All you got to do is select edit, and then go and pick out the photos we want to use for the graphic and logo also that you want to use. We are doing my old high school teammate Tyson Flowers, who's going to be a senior next year. So now the photo's in there and all you have to do is center it up and do the same thing for the logo as well. It's so easy to use. All you have to do is find that logo and your photo you wanna use and just plop them in there and you're done. So moving on to the next step, what you do is you go ahead and select text and then you just type whatever you want into those boxes and boom, there it goes. You can make the font bigger or smaller depending on what you prefer and then you move on to the colors. I did of course blue, black, and white since those are my old alma mater's colors. And then all you got to do is select export and you're done. 
you can do export it to your computer or you can export it and share it to Twitter or Facebook easily. Their showcase package is designed to meet the graphic needs of the entire athletic department. The elite package is specifically created to help high school athletes with their recruiting process. Luckily for y'all, I got yourselves a deal for the showcase package. So if you mention the Texas Private School podcast, you will receive $25 off the showcase package. GoEdit Graphics is a great way to highlight all your sports and athletes. Check them out on Twitter at GoEdit Graphics or visit their website GoEditGraphics.com to schedule a demo. Now, on to the rest of the podcast. Looking into a question I think is really interesting, you know, my boss at TechSex, you know, he does a lot with baseball and, you know, I follow recruiting a lot for football. It's one of my main passions, which is what I want to go into. But the world of recruiting for football is much different than it is for baseball. Um, you know, there's not that many full scholarships available. There's not many things like that, that it's it's pushed towards football, of course. Um, so talk to me about that recruiting world and how different it is and just, just you, you know, just talk about that. Sure. It's very different, and and it's cha- it changes every year, Walker. And you see some of this with football, with Twitter and Huddle, and kids putting highlights out and being able to sort of promote themselves a little bit. Uh, and certainly, you, you touched on earlier the travel world of baseball. So these kids are playing baseball year round, and if if they're a good player, they're not just playing for uh, Rose Hill Christian or whoever. They're playing for somebody else in the summer. Uh, and making the rounds, probably nationally. Uh, They'll do tournaments. We had, uh, I mentioned Cody Graybeck, uh, who played here in Midland. Uh, He and a couple other guys were playing on a team that was based in California. Uh, So they were were all over the place all summer playing baseball, getting better. Uh, So they get seen early, early. Uh, I mean, early, like 10, 11, 12 years old. Um, And, and, they, uh, a lot of them play together. So uh, like three or four of them go play on this team and then they come back and form the nucleus uh, of a team uh, like a Midland Christian or uh, certainly down there in Houston. So, yeah, yeah. I think that's, I think that's so I, growing up, you know, all my friends, you know, always, I always did for me, you know, I played my football and then, you know, you ended and then you played basketball and then you ended and I played baseball for a while and, probably quit in, I think, elementary school, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then that was really – my spring was open. You know, I just chilled. But these guys, you know, they play their spring season and then they're on a select team or something like that. And I think that's – I think, you know, football is having seven-on-seven seven recently blown up. And I think for the past probably six, seven years, it's become a big thing. But before that, you played your season, you just worked out in the offseason. That was really it. But seven-on-seven seven has become such a big deal – um, kind of like select select baseball. I know is its own world. It's this gigantic industry that a lot of people don't really even realize. Of like just driving around Houston and seeing all the facilities and you know uh, stuff like that. Baseball's when you when you put money into it, it's a big big deal. It it's a huge deal, and there's their parents are spending so much money on that. You know, I had I had one that did a little bit of travel ball too, and and most weekends we were going. Uh, from Midland to San Antonio or Dallas, uh, we we um, we took a trip up to Steamboat, Colorado one year, really kind of as a reward for the kids more than anything uh, to just go play and, and have fun. But it, it's a lot of expense. It's a lot of travel. And, and unfortunately, the downside of that is you see things like kids in high school now having Tommy John surgery because they're throwing too much. Uh, they're throwing year round and it's one muscle and they're, they're not developing a, a whole other set of muscles or skills. You know, when I was coaching, I had a really good basketball player. He was a post kid about six, six. I begged him to play football. I really wanted him to play football. He could have, could have helped us on the football field, but it would have taught him a different mentality, a little bit more aggressive. And I needed him to be that. Uh, and he just didn't. He was worried about his knees and he loved basketball and I didn't push it too much. But I love seeing multi-sport athletes. So when you talk about a guy like Cademan Parker or Calabrese, they're playing football. They're doing something else. These kids at Lubbock Christian played basketball. They played football, basketball and baseball. They're three sport athletes. Uh, and I've heard some things, seen some things, I guess I should say, on Twitter that that say, 
uh, maybe Ohio State is sticking in my head for some reason, that they really like to look at three-sport athletes as opposed to somebody that's specialized in one thing because it teaches you. I think every sport teaches you something a little bit different. Uh, and so I, I love to see that, but yeah, there is a ton of specialization going on, but in baseball, it's about getting, uh, the early, the earlier you can get eyes on me, the better off I'm going to be. So uh, I will say also this Walker, I think it's interesting that some people, uh, so you mentioned scholarships and you're right. There are just not many scholarships available in baseball. So sometimes when a kid says I'm going to Baylor, uh, and I've talked, uh, a good friend of mine is the athletic director at Midland College here. And you'd say something to him and he said, yeah, but what does that really mean? You got to ask the kid, how much money did you get? Because you can say I want scholarship at Baylor and it may be a $250 scholarship. It's not a full ride because they don't have full rides to give. Um, so what happens like, uh, for instance, here in Midland, Midland's going to get the benefit of two Division I kids from Midland Christian, uh, and they don't have to give up a scholarship because here in our town, if you graduate from a Midland school, you get a legacy scholarship and you get to go to college anyway. So they get to bring these kids into the baseball team and use a scholarship on somebody out of town. And you can have as many kids on the baseball team as you want. So they can stack it up that way. And the other thing that, that I think some people don't realize about junior college is this. Uh, if a kid, so you may see a kid that's really, really good, like, man, he could almost be drafted. And he ends up at a junior college and people think, what happened? Well, it's because he could be drafted. He doesn't like exactly where he could be. But if he goes to junior college, he stays draft eligible. So he might can get picked again. So he doesn't have to sit out three years. He can go to a junior college. And then if he goes somewhere else, he might have to sit out too. But if you go to a junior college route, you're keeping your options open. Uh, and certainly there are some of those that are uh, non-qualifiers, right? Uh, just didn't quite make the grades. And so they get to go to um, Hill College or Navarro or Wharton Junior College down there, uh, work on the grades. Uh, and then maybe transfer to a D1. Wow. that's I, I never knew that. That's actually really, really interesting. Um, talking more about that, playing select baseball, do you think it's now if you want to go play college ball, it's a necessity to do this summer round thing? Because I think half of the, I guess the, uh, what's the word? Being able to get yourself out there is being able to do all these tournaments over the summer where colleges and scouts can see you. Yeah, it, it's it's like a necessary evil almost. Um, and and honestly, I'd probably get in trouble for saying this too much, but uh, uh, because I know there's some kids that really pursue that. I know there's a, a certain section of travel ball that it's it's kind of about the parents and what the parents want the kid to do or think they can do. Um, and I've seen there have been cases I know of kids who, after so much travel ball and playing high school, they get through high school and on the cusp of being able to go play. And they're like, I don't want to go play anymore. I want to go. I want to go to college and study and have fun. And college baseball is just going to be a grind uh, again. And so they just get burned out by playing too much, you know, uh, and in this day and age, I, I get it that you have to do that, but there's other ways to be seen and there's Twitter and, and um, man, but, but you're right. Uh, they, the travel ball is just a big monster. Yeah. Talking about the recruiting process, you know, we mentioned scholarships. How do you get recruited in baseball? Like, is it something where like, is it, I guess it's kind of like for football, you know, you do your camps or stuff like that. And then, you know, your coach sends out film to colleges, stuff like that. Is it different for baseball? Is it through the coaches or is it like something else? Like, how does that all work? It's just a variety of ways. So a lot of these uh, select coaches or travel coaches are ex-college players. Uh, and they may be working in the oil field or a sales rep somewhere. And so they have a job, but they're also coaching this team. And, and uh, you know, if I know, uh, if I want my kid to be seen and I know, oh, Coach Smith went to Texas A&M and he's coaching that select team, then I'm going to try to get on that team uh, or those guys. So those guys have connections to the high schools for sure uh, and can funnel them around. So uh, get, get them in the best place. 
uh, that's part of it. And then uh, I think I think baseball, uh, private school baseball is pretty good about, uh, you know, I've had coaches who um, will see players on other teams. Uh, there was there was a case of a kid that um, uh, he he had signed to the University of New Mexico and then New Mexico pulled everybody's scholarship. They said, we don't have the money, so you don't have a scholarship anymore. And an opposing coach found out about that and said, I'm going to get that kid a place. Wasn't his kid, wasn't his program. In fact, they were direct rivals that don't like each other very much. And he was like, that kid's good and he deserves to play. And I'm going to, he said, I'm going to go make phone calls tomorrow and see if I can get him somewhere. Uh, so th- there's, there's pretty good camaraderie. I mean, there's, there's competition, but uh, baseball is a pretty tight, close knit community and, and they want to help kids in their district uh, or kids they know that are good. Yeah. So I mean, part of it too. Absolutely. I've heard like a lot about it. It's a lot of loyalty. And like once a college picks you, like that's your school, you know, you're loyal to that school, which I mean, in tech and football, you really see a lot of decommitments, you know, a lot of that things that you really don't see in baseball that often. Um, Not as much. There's a rash. So pointing back to travel ball, though, uh, partially, I would say there there is it's it's been a little bit uh, interesting to me to see how many kids commit very early. So like you'll see baseball kids as freshmen who have committed uh, to a college, right? And to big ones like Oklahoma State and Arizona State. Um, There's a, there's a young man, Derek Mitchell is a kid that plays at Prestonwood. Uh, He spent some time as the number one prospect in the country in the class of 2023. He's, he's down. i down to three, four, five, still in the top 10. Um, so he's, he, but he's committed to Arizona state. Uh, I think there were some family connections. They moved from Arizona. Um, but when you talk to coaches about him, I, I did talk to coaches about him at the convention about that early commitment. They said, he'll never go there. Uh, he's going to be a, he's going to be a first round draft guy. And if he's a first round draft guy, he goes the first round. You know, that that in baseball, that's the difference. You you can out of high school get such a contract that it's so hard to turn down. There was a kid uh, two years ago uh, at St. Thomas named Joe Wolf uh, pitched in the state tournament. He was he was uh, committed to Texas A&M and then he got picked at the top of round two and the money was just too good. So he can go to A&M. He can get his degree. But man, that signing bonus in in round one, top round two, it's it's hard to turn down. So so he took the he took the deal and went to plays in the Mets organization. Wow, yeah, I think that's something that like a lot of people don't like. For football, you really you gotta wait your turn to go play pro. And the baseball, that's so difficult to decide because for especially colleges too, like those top dudes are usually not gonna be going to college. So it's it's so hard to figure out your guys and locking down those classes and all that jazz. Um, yeah, the draft was so different though, right? So last year was only a five round draft. It used to be forty rounds. They cut it down to five last year. They're going back to twenty this year, but that's still half of what it was. Uh, but minor league baseball cut out a lot of teams too, so it just cut out a lot of places for people to play. But when you were talking forty rounds uh, and a high school kid who knew he wanted to play. Um, man, if he got drafted, he might just go, even if the money wasn't great. So, yeah, that's, that's really, really interesting for sure. Looking at another topic, you know, how does the private school ball compare to public school? Like, you know, for football, you know, the, the parishes and the Nolans have elite talent uh, from on 11 on 11. It can compete with most in the state, but when you get to depth, that's where the issue is. Is that maybe the same with baseball? Or how does that work? Yeah, it, so it's really similar, right? Um, the, the thing about baseball is, especially when you approach playoffs, if you have one guy on the mound uh, that can pitch you through a game, uh, you, can, you can take that one person a long way. Um, b- because the way TAPS is set up in, in the playoffs for baseball, if I'm a baseball coach and I say, I only want to play one game in the playoff, that's what you have to play. Uh, the only way you can change that is by mutual agreement. So if, if both coaches say, yeah, let's do a two out of three, 
then you play two out of three. But back to my point, if I'm a, if I'm a team and I've got one really good pitcher, I'm going to play one game and I'm going to put all my dice on that one arm and see how far I can get in the playoffs playing, playing one game series. Now, obviously when you get to the state tournament, that won't work because you play back-to-back days. You'll play a semifinal on Thursday and the final on Friday. And so it will eventually catch up to you. Um, and you've got to have, you know, uh, to play those big 6A schools and to play them well, you would have to have some depth. Uh, the, the districts are now set up where almost everybody, Divisions one all the way through five, are playing series so that that can't happen, right? So that I'm not facing your ace every time I play you. Uh, they'll play you twice in a week uh, or, or three games in a week. So I'm going to see all your pitching. Uh, so in that case, my depth is important. I got to have more than one guy on the hill. Um, but I think you'll find quality wise, the level of quality in, in private school baseball is just as good as you'll find in, in public schools almost across the board. Uh, I take a look at, uh, we do, uh, uh, the guy that founded the magazine does a composite poll uh, that, that goes any high school in Texas. Haven't seen a private school in that poll this year yet, uh, but I would suspect that, that Episcopal and John Paul are kind of knocking on that door uh, of being in, in a combined poll because they, they, can, they can play with them. Um, I'd always contended in football out here. There's been a couple of years that Midland Christian was really good. And people said, well, I'd like to see him play Lee or Midland High. I'm like, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> not in football, not here. Because of the depth, there's just too many. Um, basketball is, is the same kind of deal. If you don't have enough on the bench, um, then it's going to be tough. But baseball, if you got, you've got the nine good ones and one good arm, it's a great equalizer. It really is. You could, I could conceivably see, well, not conceivably, easily, some of those Division three schools like Cypress or Bay Area, they would play a, a top five, top 10, 6A school, no questions asked. They would take the game every day, and they would be competitive. Wow. Um, that's, that's really, really interesting to see how it compares. And, yeah, I just think that's really, really cool. Um, yeah. Moving on, I want to talk about last week matchups, or I guess we're filming this, what, Wednesday? So this this last start of the week's matchups, you know, talk about where, did this, where were some of the big games that happened this week, last week, this weekend, and, you know, this first part of the week, and maybe some of the top players from this past, uh, past time. Yeah, so I'd love. So I would point people. I'll get a shameless plug in here, Walker. I'd point people to our website, txhighschoolbaseball.com. So each week we do a pitcher of the week, a hitter of the week, and the team of the week. And so uh, this week, my man, and sometimes there's really hard decisions to make, right? Uh, my hitter of the week was um, Hayden Sebecki uh, from Grapevine Faith. So uh, he he was. Uh, in a close race, he was, he was the one I chose. The pitcher of the week was even harder because I had two no hitters to look at. Um, and so I went with a kid from Brazos Christian, uh, uh, Tyler Prince, uh, over Trendon Parrish at Southwest Christian, who was the pitcher of the week the week before, because he had thrown a no hitter against Fort Worth Christian. He also no so talk about quality. Uh, he no-hit Abilene Wiley earlier this year, which is a top 20 uh, 5A school. So um, it just, again, points to the outstanding nature of the competition uh, and the fact that sometimes it's really hard to pick uh, a winner in these things. Uh, so uh, let's see. Yeah, honorable mention this week on, on my pitcher league was Austin Sheets of Colleyville, uh, who he struck out 14 against Lubbock Christian and gets the, gets the honorable mention. So really good performances uh, across the board. And those were, uh, those were against pretty decent teams too. He was a pretty good quarterback this year for uh, covenant as well. We even had him on the podcast, talk about his past seasons. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good kid for sure. Yep. Um, So I told you about a big matchup last night. It it was uh, Southwest Christian and and faith. They'll play again this week. The, the, the bounce back game will be, I think it's tomorrow night. So, um, 
yeah, some 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 good stuff going on. I told us I mentioned Nolan uh, and Midland Christian uh, are meeting up. It's interesting. Uh, some of those districts, uh, I know Second Baptist has finished their district schedule already. They're ten and zero, uh, and they're done. So they're going to spend this week playing a couple of teams, uh, public school teams, and get ready for the playoffs. Um, uh, I think Concordia. So the other big matchup there was Concordia was playing St. Thomas. Last night, they got to the sixth inning. It was a one-nothing game. Lightning came in, suspended the game, so they'll have to pick it up and finish it uh, uh, tomorrow night. So those are those are games that are going to have implication uh, later down the road. And I'm, off the top of my head, I'm also thinking about Bay Area and Cypress. I think they're pretty much done with the bulk of their district schedule. Uh, so, so things are getting to the point where uh, I can start reforming a bracket and see what it really is going to look like. Awesome. Let's talk playoffs. You know, uh, if you can a little bit, who, what are you projecting this to happen? Um, I know we talked about it a little bit earlier, but if yeah. you want to get your like for each division, who do you think is going to meet probably in the state and who do you think is going to win it all this year? Winning it all is so tough to say, man. Uh, I've gone so, so, so back and forth. Division one, again, it's going to be districts one and four. Uh, I, I would, I would suspect if things go the way they should, it would be in Nolan, Midland Christian on one side of the bracket. Uh, and man, I've, I've, I've been so back and forth on that Houston district. But the thing is now uh, Central Catholic started off and they played a bunch of 5A schools in San Antonio and they're they're into the top 10 and Antonian's pretty good. So I wouldn't be surprised at either one of those uh, to sneak in, but uh, I, I'd probably lean back to Concordia St. Thomas ending up uh, on that other side of the bracket. And uh, I would say no one Midland Christian's probably the, the ones uh, Midland Christian doesn't have quite the depth of pitching that some do. Um, but that's, that's probably where I'd lean there. Um, division two, probably a, a South school, probably second Baptist is who I would at this point of the season, I would think my money would be more on second Baptist to take the title. Um, uh, on the uh, on the other side of the bracket, I, I, I suspect you would see a, a Southwest or a Grapevine uh, make it that that far. That, that's wow. what I would suspect. Um, Division three, I, man, I really like Lubbock Trinity, uh, but I also like Colleyville. Uh, originally, as I mentioned earlier, I had Lubbock Trinity and Lubbock Christian playing a semifinal, but uh, man, Colleyville has just had a really good year. And so I think it's, I would lean now to Lubbock Trinity and Colleyville on one side of the bracket. Uh, and then um, in that division three, it's going to be Cypress and Bay area. Uh, and, and right now my money would probably be on Bay area uh, to win it all in division three. Um, division four and five, man, they just get a little bit more difficult for me. Um, because I just don't get as much information. I will say division four, uh, probably one of the strongest resumes is Brazos Christian. Uh, they've got some kids, they've got multiple no hitters. I think they've thrown three or four no hitters uh, this season already. And those kids are sophomores and juniors. So they're just going to get better. Uh, they're they're going to be ones to watch. Um, division five, um, Weatherford Christian, uh, is still going to be my pick. That was the best story. One of the best stories I've ever heard was Weatherford Christian. So in 2019, two years ago, they just kind of came out of nowhere, uh, showed up at the state tournament and won the state tournament. Uh, they, they won the semifinal game on a walk-off single. They won the championship game. They got off the field by a trick play. They did the hidden ball trick to get off the field got to the bottom of the inning and hit a walk-off single to win the state championship. They started eight freshmen and one sophomore in 2019. Uh, and so last season they were, you know, I was looking at them to be maybe four times state champions because those kids stuck together. So last year, again, canceled this year, they had one kid move away. Uh, so they've still got basically the same group. Uh, they're going to be matched up with Ovilla in a, in a semifinal. So that's going to be a, a really good matchup. Uh, and then down South St. Paul is, uh, I'm, um, 
Yeah, Shiner. Yeah, yeah Shiner St. Paul. Yeah, Shiner St. Paul uh, is is looking pretty good in in that part of the bracket too. Um, so we'll see. It it's such such a funny game, man. You just never know. You just never know. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, qu- uh, moving on. You know, some of the cool things we did. You know, the past years we kind of showed off the stats, and you know, who really balled out this season. You know, talk about that. You know. So who who's you know who's probably the best pitcher out there right now? Who's the who's the best hitter? You know who's hitting bombs right now? Just talk to us about that a little bit. Yeah, I, I wish we could track everything. Uh, so during the season, we track home runs and strikeouts, which is you know what most people like. I get a lot of coaches that ask me about well, what about average and RBIs. Like we do that. So we do that at the end of the season. We'll compile all those stats and we do a top seventy-five. And it will include RBIs and doubles and triples and stolen bases, all those categories. But we narrow it down to those two because we're just tracking so much other stuff. Um, and so I've got a couple kids, Nathan Taylor at Lubbock Trinity and uh, Gavin Cash at Kelly both have six home runs. A couple kids at five, Bryce Calloway at Second Baptist and Jordan Kelly at Fort Bend Christian each have five home runs. And then when I look at my strikeout leaders, the the strikeout leader in the state of Texas is a private school kid, uh, which is awesome. You know, uh, it's Trendon Parish at Southwest Christian. And so he, he, as of Sunday, he was at 100 strikeouts for the year. Uh, and then he added 15 against uh, uh, Grapevine last night. So my guess is he'll be the leader going into next week as well. Um, I don't remember how far ahead he was of the second place guy, but I know he was in first last week. Wow. Go Eagles, uh, man. Go Eagles. Shout out to him. Yeah, there you go. Uh, um, and here's the next thing. The, the next kid on the private school list is at 89. His name is Sam Kennard from Brazos Christian. I mentioned Brazos Christian earlier. Uh, so, so he's up there. And then uh, at John Paul, there's the kid uh, Trajan Lee, who actually played at St. Thomas in 2019, at the state tournament, he was playing for State uh, St. Thomas. Uh, his dad got a job at, uh, at John Paul, so they moved to John Paul uh, last year before the season got cut short. Uh, and then uh, then they got Luke Harrison at Lutheran South, and then Cademan Parker uh, at the Woodlands rounds out the top, the top four or five there. So got kids that are way up on that list. And I'm telling you, if those kids were at a private school, they'd be doing the exact same thing. Awesome. That's awesome man uh brandon i really appreciate you coming on man uh we'll probably have to get you on for the last little bit of the uh playoffs get you in get maybe help us make some picks and something like that make it a little bit exciting man love Uh, to do it man love to do it really enjoyed it appreciate what you guys do i i appreciate you man there's no better like just from seeing on our twitter feed something like that i knew when i saw you pretty much everywhere on my feed i knew that you're the guy i had to get on um so yeah if y'all haven't, please get, check this guy out. I'll have his uh, the website that he uh, the where what he works for and all of that in the description. I'll probably have it on the screen as well. Uh, so for sure, go check him out. Follow his Twitter page. I'll have that in the description as well. Man, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, wish the best for you. And so yeah, thank you, man. You bet. Thanks, Walker. Good talking to you.